Welcome to More to Come, PW Comic World's weekly podcast on graphic novel and comics publishing, recorded at the PW offices in New York City. I'm Calvin Reed, Senior News Editor of Publishers Weekly and Co-Editor of PW Comics World. Check us out online at publishersweekly.com slash comics. And I'm Heidi McDonald. I am the Graphic Novels Review Editor of Publishers Weekly, as well as the Editor-in-Chief of The Beat at comicsbeat.com. Check us out on Twitter at at PWComicsWorld. And I'm Kate Simmons, I'm the podcast producer, and you can find us online on Tumblr at PWComicsWorld.tumblr.com. And don't forget, you can subscribe to More to Come on iTunes and on social media, and in particular on Facebook. We're at Facebook.com slash PWComicsWorld. This week on More to Come, Hastings de- declares bankruptcy and diamonds out a million bucks. Uh, awesome con. Less than awesome cons and controversy in Artist Alley. And we're going to take a look at first seconds, first 10 years, and then the briefs. So, um, Hastings, the uh, Hastings Entertainment um, regional book selling chain um, declares. Of some size. Uh, oh, oh, yes, of some size. Well, so, 123 the third, stores. They're the third biggest of the room, yeah. you know, which is a little bit saying you're the third tallest little person. <laughs> yes, but, you kind know, of. These um, days. Yeah, these days. Um, but, but, you know, they've survived. Yeah, national retail is, uh, you know, under stress, to say the least. Right. Um, but uh, Hastings de- declares bankruptcy. Um, uh, there's a kind of a decent history of not terribly great management. <laughs> um, uh, now, they do. Um, you Heidi has discovered something because the original list of creditors did not include Diamond, but well, you've done some digging. Well, yeah, but wasn't or um, we didn't see it. Well, anyway. we didn't see it, but but also I think that goes back to the because Hastings was purchased a couple of years yes, ago, right? Yes, By yeah. the people who Jason it GameStop Weinshanker. Yeah, yeah, I don't think it was GameStop. It was a company called Movie Stop. Yes, that's Movie they Stop. own. I'm yes, sorry, and they combined the two. They own Movie Stop, um, right. which was a much smaller business. Right, and uh, so they kind of combined all of these uh, sort of pop culture kind of outposts. Yes. And now, I've never been in a Hastings, okay, because my understanding is that just as uh, Barnes & Noble is the last, the biggest surviving bookstore chain, and it's in the, the primary markets, and Books a Million <laughs> is kind of in the secondary markets, and right. my understanding was that Hastings was sort of in the tertiary markets. Well, the impression I got is that Books a Million is uh, much bigger south of the Mason-Dixon line. Yes. Yes, yes it is. Um, it is more or less. It's it's more of a southern chain. Yeah. And I believe the Hastings is more of a Midwest chain. Yeah, they seem to show up in a lot of... They seem to show up wherever nobody else <laughs> has any stores. Hey, that's a good Which is model. not a bad... Well, yeah, as I was researching this, I noticed that they had a bunch of stores in Idaho, a bunch of stores yeah. in New Mexico, and... Yeah, they're uh, kind of... Yeah. Yeah, they kind of show up where you don't think anybody is. Yeah. Yeah, it was... You know what? It was purchased by a company called Draw Another Circle, which was the yeah. prior company. So anyway, if you go under the... Yeah. For, for all of you Pacer fans who like to look at court records, if you go under Draw Another Circle on uh, the bankruptcy. Yeah. You'll find tons and tons and tons. A and guy tons by the name of Joel Weinshanker. Joel Weinshanker, yes. Uh, uh, this was in 2014. He, so, he purchased it. Yes. So anyway, you know, is this Borders Redo? Well, I mean, Hastings was, just as is Books a Million, uh, they were really getting more into the periodical comics game, is my understanding. And they were yes. even doing uh, their own variant covers. So they well, certainly yes. had a, a footprint there. Not only that. But last year on this very podcast, uh, as a brief, we mentioned that Hastings was doing a Hastings Comic Con, mm-hmm. where they were broadcasting um, 
interviews with major creators and creators were doing like sort of master classes which would be broadcast in the bookstore so you know kids who are interested in learning about drawing comics or something could could watch a telecast in the store um so they clearly were investing some time and money in comics and some of this money turned out they didn't have it oh boy yeah well you know they've been kind of losing money for quite a you know at least since 2014 um i think they lost about 10 million in 2014 they lost 16 million yeah in in 2015 um uh you know we uh, my boss uh, jim millet has been covering them very Mm -hmm. uh you know really for quite a few years i attempted to to do to contact them to write about their periodical comics, mm-hmm. but I really had no. They they were not interested in talking. No, they were a little bit uh, yeah. aloof in that yeah. way. Um, uh, I will say that um, uh, it's a bug flying by me, guys. Uh, I will say that they did seem to have a you know they seem to have a pretty modern kind of a business model on the surface. And, you know, this is something that Borders was trying just before they went under. But, you know, they were trying to diversify. It was a little late. It was a little bit late. and you know, Diversifying but, on the deck of the Titanic. Yes. But my understanding is that Hastings also had uh, a lot of secondhand merchandise. Mm-hmm. Isn't that correct? That they also would know. buy. That I'm not sure about. Honestly. That I had mm-hmm. heard that they would buy things uh, from people and then, you know, put. On it was sort of like, um, um, you know, Book Off, which mm-hmm. is the Japanese yeah. uh, chain that there's a couple of them here in the United States. Book Off is exclusively used, though. Right, but Hastings was both. They would sell mm-hmm. new merchandise as well as uh, they would buy your stuff and then, you know, have a used section. That's my understanding. Yeah, so, sort of like I, I admit, I'm a little bit surprised at this. I mean, I mean, I hadn't been following them closely since it was it become a, it was so difficult for them to for me to actually want to con- contact someone who would talk to me. Um, so I actually didn't realize that they were losing money for so many years because at one point they seemed to be very stable. Yeah, they did. You know, I'm looking. Maybe it was overexpansion. I'm looking here uh, on some of my. I, I'm Maybe it was Amazon. <laughs> their Wikipedia page, and it's interesting that you say that. Um, it's true that you, Calvin, you and I didn't have very good uh, contacts there. But you know, Bleeding Cool has been running a lot of stories about Hastings, and I see a story here from 2010. Yeah, I Bleeding Cool that was called uh, Hastings, the first national comic store chain in the U.S. So there was, and you know, they did cover it quite a bit. So yeah. so there was obviously there was obviously a. a um, a some kind of narrative that was coming from someone there about um, you know this being a very comic centric kind of yeah. a, a store. Um, so anyway, I guess the big question though, Calvin, is yes. is this Borders too? You know, like when Borders Borders went under. I think there's no doubt. Yeah, and uh, but well, the one thing I've heard now I've talked to a whole bunch of people. Okay, they all are like. Uh, I'm like, what do you think Hayes is? They're like, oh, it's not going to hurt us to, you know, like everybody's, nobody got sad and, and, uh, no, no publisher did, but you know, that's a little bit of maybe of a brave face. I mean, as we can see, they did owe Diamond $1.6 million. That, as I understand it, is, uh, well, probably maybe eight to nine percent of Diamond's revenue. Oh, so crap. Far. Really? Whoa. Uh, and a monthly revenue. Monthly. No, monthly revenue. Well, but you know what? I, so. I, I need to double check. You know what? I, I need to double check these hmm. numbers because I was talking to uh, John Jackson Miller, who does a lot of sales estimates, hmm. and I haven't gotten a revised estimate from him on that. But, um, you know, everybody's putting a brave face on it. I, and, and I do think one thing I've heard is that after Borders, it was never again. <laughs> 
you know, so I think a lot of people, uh, Calvin is, is giving a little like uh, <laughs> chuckle because of, you know, how like, oh, we're buying very covers and lots of periodicals from you. How do you say no to that? Physical, well, I guess you say no when you haven't been paid on the last thing. Publishers are desperate for physical presentation. Yeah. Um, you know, besides which they're all wary of Amazon and their terms. And But at the end of the day, I mean, look, we're there are unsettling conversations going on around BNN, Barnes & Noble. Nobody expects Barnes & Noble to disappear, but everybody... It's worried, mm -hmm, right? Um, you know the numbers that come out of Barnes and Noble are not terribly exciting. Uh, yeah, they need to ditch Nook. They need to ditch Nook. Well, now. they have essentially have to ditch Nook, um, and they they are outsourcing more and more of everything about the, the that uh, as that they can. They've even, if I'm not mistaken, and I'd have to check this out because it could be in some of the devices they've discontinued completely. They're not they're not making them themselves anymore. As it is, they've kind of shipped it out to, I think, um, Samsung. Well, you know, it, it is amazing that a lot of people who uh, tried to get it on this new business model, uh, the electronic business model, it turned out that business model wasn't all that awesome. And that actually selling physical books in a in a lively and entertaining and, you know, crowd-pleasing way actually is still a pretty good business model. I mean, yeah. actually, just two days after Jim Milliot wrote the story about Hastings and Bankrupt, there was another story about how book sales were up. In, yeah, in, print uh, sales are in, definitely. Yeah, print sales are up in April. Print sales are up. Um, ebook sales are down now. Ebook sales are down among major trade book publishers, the the mainstream conventional publishing. Part of that's the long tail. Uh, well, I'm not sure. If the, the, uh, well, a lot of these publishers have books in the long tail, but front list conventional books from major publishers, the big five. The ebook sales are down yep. and have been consistently down um, most of this year and from last year. What's not down, this is not to say that the ebook market overall is declining because the self published right, side exactly. is ex continues to explode. Um, there are many reasons for this. Uh, Kate, you yeah. want to respond? Yeah. yeah. yeah uh, please, actually, I was, I was about to say the very same thing. Um, I mean, I know personally that. Part of what's making the ebook model what it is today is that you know a well created, well presented, uh, self published book now can really compete. Absolutely, and you know that and another thing, pricing. Yeah. Yeah. Number one, self published books are much better produced than people like to think. I mean, I say people like to think. I think there's a huge market now here that don't 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 have the biases about towards self published books yes. that I was brought up with. Uh, as a professional, I think, I think yeah, I think professionals may continue to have the uh, prejudice, but the buying public the buying really doesn't. Does yeah, not. I mean, you know, we were just we were just watching The Martian the other night. You know, this is yeah. a this is a best-selling yeah. book, an yeah. amazing, wonderful book that much loved now. That started as the guy just you know yeah. writing it on his blog, and you know, so I mean, there's no there's no gatekeepers in that way. Now it still has to be something that people want to read. Yes, yes, yes. that's always. And you, and the you also have to be good at getting in front yes. of people's eyeballs. Yes, but yes. The, believe hard. me, there's an enormous amount of material out here teaching authors how to be good self publishers. Yeah. I mean, it's a, that's an industry a including in here at Publishers Week. Absolutely, book life. Book that's life what problem. that's a, it's an entire platform yeah. for doing you know, that. You know, let's drag this back though to uh, comics as we should because yeah. I'm going to also bring up um you know the may sales chart came out last mm -hmm. uh, a week ago and um guess what comic sales are not so great for the year in fact 
year to date, uh, let's see, year to date, I'm just going to give the total comics and graphic novels. This is all through Diamond. Mm-hmm. Year to date, uh, dollars are down 5.11%, and units are down 12.72%. That's an eighth of the now, sales. That's just comics and book that is format comics. comics and graphic novels. Okay. Now, yeah, it's uh, through now, Diamond. Now, through actually. Diamond. I should point out, actually, now I'm looking at this. When I wrote it, I didn't. Uh-huh. Uh, but, uh, okay, comics, periodical sales are down ten uh, 9% in units, uh, in dollars, pardon me, 9% in dollars, 14% in units. That's a huge drop. Mm-hmm. Graphic novels, however, are up mm-hmm. 4.8% in dollars, 3.46% in units. So what this is telling us is people are not buying periodical comics. <laughs> well, I mean, I know that I personally um, am waiting for trades more mm-hmm. because often because publishing schedules are so bizarre and erratic, like two in one month, none for three months. Like, I can't keep track. I'm like, where did issue three go? And so after I miss a couple issues, I'm like, I'll just wait for trade. Right. Well, yeah. we're going to, you know, we're going to be looking at uh, the rebirth. You know, DC DC is trying to address this in their own way with rebirth. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we're going to all, we're going to talk about that more in our next next podcast. Yes. Uh, we have a giant stack yes, of word. rebirth comics in front yes. of us, dear listeners, into, literally sitting right here into. looking at us. And, and we are going to dive right in. Yes. yes. And, uh, you know, Marvel has announced uh, that they're doing Marvel now again. I think I mentioned yes, that. Yes, we talked about You know, yes. image mm-hmm. and, but, now with an exclamation yes, mark. But there's, there, you know, this is this 14% in units. That's a ow, lot. That's like ow, a, yeah. that's, that's almost a sixth. That's quite a few. And, uh, you know, now to circle back to Hastings, uh, which we were talking about. I, um, one thing that I've talked to, I've talked to a couple of insiders. And, um, you know, there is a chance that Hastings will find a buyer and these stories will remain. Uh, yeah, Calvin is, a, you know, I, you really have to have a mirror. <laughs> you really have to see this, Calvin's face, this man. This should be I mean, I'm looking at how they're losing money. and Calvin's face said no. I mean, we'll see. I mean, they got to find, I think Jim's story says uh, if they don't find a buyer in 30 days, they're going to start liquidating. Yes. And uh, so this doesn't look good. Now, one thing about it that was pointed out to me is that, uh, you know, these were, as we were saying, these were the only bookstores in towns uh, that mm-hmm. didn't have bookstores. In some cases, there weren't, you know, there's not maybe a whole lot of bookstores in these stores. And when the customers, it's been shown that when customers lose the store, they don't go buy the books. They just go away, you know? And that's a real danger for They comics. go to Amazon. Yeah, because, <laughs> yeah, or they don't, or they don't, because that's too hard for them because they wanted to go to, but that's... They, that's because what, they like to look yes. at books, and if yes. there are no books well, to look th- at, that, they don't true. buy as many. That's true. What, I mean, if if um, if Borders is uh, an, an unfortunate model, um, in many cases, the leases on their stores were more valuable to potential mm-hmm. yeah. new stores or other clients than necessarily buying a store already. Well, if you Google Hastings right now, you'll see there are actually some stories in newspapers that are saying, hey, uh, we have a store available. So there's already real estate listings yeah. for some of their stores. Yeah. So uh, many places, in many cases, you may see some national chains who may want to take over some leases mm-hmm. when the store has been vacated. Uh, sometimes that's Nat- what happens. They put their leases up. National you know. chains of what, though? Chipotle? Well, it, well <laughs> mattress. Well, mattress yeah, warehouse. Well I, th- I, well, I actually think Books a Million actually took over a couple of um, uh, Borders right. things. Uh, More uh, often what happens were local bookstores, local independent bookstores, 
saw an effort to either expand their stores or actually open a second store mm-hmm. well, yeah. in the local area. What I noticed in a couple stores which had very unusual inventories, uh, you know, because I, I make a, que- a habit of when I go places, checking out the bookstores, talking to the, the clerks. And I, a couple times the inventories were just very strange. And I said, well, this is an interesting selection of books. What's up? And on at least two occasions I got the answer, oh, well, we got a whole bunch of extra books cheap when borders went down. Mm. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Well, yeah. that's what that liquidation means. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There'll be a lot of books, yeah. leases, furnishings, pictures. Yeah, it's like that, like that old Rod Stewart song. I, you it's know, liquidation. I, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You, you know, know I, so. I, I actually was working at a Walden Books when Walden Books went down. And I have a couple of Walden Books tote bags and a uh, beautiful <laughs> hardwood step stool that they were just like, we don't even know what to do with this. Take it, somebody. So you get into the liquidation dance, too. <laughs> well, anyway, you know, listen, this could be, I mean, everyone I talk to has tried to uh, downplay the importance of this. But, you know, this could be the next phase. I don't think it's going to be, com- listen, comics are going to be here. Comics are, yeah, yeah. Graphic novels are doing fine. I think, you know, like this is, it will evolve. But this could be a real blow for periodical comics. Well, and it definitely could be a blow for, for periodical comics, for sure. And, and I mean, what I'm curious about is how much of that million dollars is, you know, book format comics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and that's could, what I'd like to know. It could be also a real blow for, for just specific publishers. I mean, comics themselves will stay forever, but publishers come and go. Yeah. yeah, and we're already seeing a lot of tightening up everywhere. Plus, I mean, well, I mean, even in the inventory of the stores, I mean, people will want the books. Yes. But really, are people really going to want a lot of inventory periodical comics? No. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, as you, you said that, I wish you could have had my face because as yeah. you said that, I flash back to my childhood when I would go to the liquidation wholesalers on Route 22 and they had a whole box full of coverless comics. How wonderful it was to go through these well, reading copies. Well, as I've said before on the show before, that was in my, when I was, because I, <laughs> I was born so long ago, that's how I get, you know, when I was make, look, looking for comics as a kid, there were no uh, independent, I mean, there were no comic shops. That's how I've got back issues. I would get up early on a Saturday morning yep. and go around to mom and pop stores. How I envy you guys. I had to depend <laughs> upon the uh, old-fashioned, new-fashioned model of scrounging comics off of my friends. Hey, can I borrow it? Yes. I know it's not yeah. very well, good, I but I don't have to read it anyway. You know what, Kate? Well, I did that, too. Not only did we do that, but the comics we picked up were Swamp Thing by Alan Moore. <laughs> you lucky dog. Awesome. Well, that's the, what we the, did in the covered the, wagon era. Yeah, what can I tell the, you? I, I came of age in the era of uh, some not so hot 90s comics uh, you know when I was uh, uh, like 12 or 13 and um, there were there were some really sketchy image comics that uh, got passed around <laughs> age of apocalypse uh, it, it's this is a generational vibe I went out searching for you know uh, Jack Kirby and uh, Steve Ditko and uh, you're looking for uh... I wasn't looking for them that's just what there was <laughs> that was what you that found. and Tokyo Pop but, so it's a, All right, well, it's a, a, different a world. sign of how much I was meant to love comics there that I borrowed The Darkness okay <laughs> alright talk a little bit about Awesome Con yes With well this. let's talk about yeah. you know I, I just a, you know comic periodical sales uh, might be having some issues but you know what's doing really great it's convention season and conventions yes. are booming 
nationwide. And Calvin and I both went to Awesome Con down in Washington, D.C. a little weekend ago, a yes. weekend or so ago. Yeah, my first trip to Awesome Con. Yeah, mine, mine as well. Oh, and, yeah. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I was a consultant for the show, so, mm. you know, take it with a grain of salt. But mm. um, And I was, you know, I was invited down by uh, Greg Topalian, who yes. we both know. Um, yes, and because yes. we both, her, yeah, I mean, you, yeah, I think you did a little more hands-on, yeah. but I did a little hands-on, too, for the first New York the Comic Con. The first New York Comic Con, Which yes. Greg uh, was the mastermind behind. So... He's purchased. They purchased Awesome Con, yes, right? Yes, they did. A couple yes. years ago. Yes, and uh, and it's essentially DC Comic Con. Yep, it is. Yeah. And you know, I haven't spent a lot of time in DC, which I know Calvin, you have. Because yeah, so. I grew up there. Yeah, yes, you grew indeed. up there. So there, there <laughs> we differ. But um, yeah. So I mean, for me, this was like uh, you know, you know, I will like going to new places that I haven't spent a lot of time in, and uh, you know, the convention center is huge. It's it's it's, it's massive. Very, yeah, and there's a lot of nice hotels there, a lot yeah, of great yeah. places to eat. It's uh, really easy to get yeah, to. I mean, even if you live in New York, it's, I mean, I went down there for the day. Yeah. Amtrak to Union Square. Uh, I took a little dollar bus yeah. about a couple of blocks over to it, and I did the same thing to go back to the train station. Yeah, it's very, very uh, really nice. Very, um, or you can take the metro. I yeah, mean, you can yeah. take the metro as well. Yeah, I took um, Megabus. That was great. Uh, the building, that, that wonderful little white, stone building across mm-hmm. from it that's the old central library branch that was oh, the main library branch it's now it's still part of the library but they do it for use it for yeah. something else now in any event uh i was i was i was uh, moderately impressed with awesome con mm-hmm. um you know it's it's not a huge show but it certainly gets a, a fair number of people doesn't it get 30 40,000 people i think it did have between 30 and 40 yeah. and you know it had Listen, I, I think one of the things that we're talking about is that this, I, I call it Conpalooza Weekend, because there was like five other shows that yeah. weekend. There was Phoenix Comic Con, there was like uh, Fan Fest Texas, there was uh-huh. um, there was Wizard World Philadelphia, <laughs> just a, like an yeah. hour and a half away. Once Upon a Time, a good show. Yes, there was, Mecaf uh, uh, was held, and there's another, oh, I think Akon was that weekend. I, there was like yeah. a gajillion shows all yeah. over North America that same weekend. Uh, but, um, you know, I, 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 I said in my, my write-up, I said, Awesome Con, I think, is aiming to be uh, yet another one of the fourth biggest shows. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, although now there might be four or five biggest shows. I did hear, and um, to segue, uh, there were there were problems there. Now, there weren't the kind of problems that you and I would notice because it was all in the celebrity signings. Because, you know, there was a huge line for celebrities. Yeah. They had Doctor Who there, Peter Capaldi, and his companion, who, you know what, I don't even remember yeah. her name. But uh, I guess that was a big deal for the Hoors and uh, Clara. Osmond. I have to tell you one thing also that Oswald. I will note about these shows, and I and I guess I don't pay attention to them at the bigger shows, but I I was actually com- a little bit struck by the popularity of these paid photo ops with celebrities. Oh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> there you pay. I I mean, the line was endless. It was endless. Yes, and I mean, you pay a nice chunk of money i mean some of these things were a hundred bucks i know i was gonna go try to get uh, carl urban for my collection but it was 75 dollars or more there were many that were 85 a hundred dollars to get these photo ops so i mean just no judgments but i was just a well, little surprised well now let me let me segue from there now i think a couple of uh a couple of weeks ago uh last time we gathered here we talked about the uh carnage at a Space City Comic Con yes. in Houston mm. uh, with the Sons of Anarchy. And a lot of people who had been at that show were at Awesome Con, so I was able to hear their first-hand witness accounts. My, my. And 
Uh, they they didn't really know much, but they said there was the police were there all day Saturday and Sunday. And you know, there was a really good story in the Houston Chronicle about it. I mean, this story just gets nuttier and nuttier. So apparently there's two cons in Houston. There's the Space City Comic Con, and then there's this other one called Comic Palooza. But they've been fighting over the trademark to Space City. So all, basically all the funds of this show were frozen because of this lawsuit. Oh so that's God. why good they God. couldn't pay the cast, the, the hotel room Amazing. of the Sons of Anarchy. Now, this is the thing that's really... Uh, I don't think I mentioned last time, but apparently when you're the star of a show about a rebel uh, biker gang, you know a lot of rebel bikers, <laughs> and some of them had shown up. So so I think why there was a lot of police is that maybe a star of the show, whose name was Charlie Hunnam, Hunnam maybe he had some of his biker friends come with him to talk to the guy who owns the con. <laughs> to persuade him to. to persuade did you hear him. that that happened? <laughs> yes, I did hear that that happened. And that... <laughs> <laughs> and that that was why the to guy to make him an offer they couldn't refuse that's why the guy called the cops and that's why there was oh. this whole big conflagration and it just i mean the story that's just skimming the surface it goes even worse it gets even worse than that this is definitely you know when a anything that involves calling in the outlaw bikers <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> is is clearly a con to remember <laughs> great now there was a lot of shade thrown uh, about all of this. And the, and so this weekend, the rival convention, which is only two weekends later, the oh, rival, oh. or three weekends, the rival, month, it's a little bit longer than that. But the rival convention in Houston has got Charlie Hunnam to come back, and he's going to honor all the photo tickets that he couldn't honor at Space go. City Comic Con. Yeah. So now, you know, coup. DeGrom. Yeah. Well, he Game sounds like he's a stand-up fake biker guy. Yes, well, you know, I mean, he got a lot of bad press about this. But now, to segue yet again. But who can blame him for wanting to get paid, man? Well, is uh, people, but like at AwesomeCon, there were waits. People missed their photo times because uh, Doctor Who was a little bit late for his photo op. And that created a ripple effect that created all this stuff. Now, at Wizard World Philadelphia, there was an even more bizarre occurrence. So they had like maybe too many nerd celebrities there. They had like, they had Captain America, they had Chris Evans, they had Bucky, Sebastian Stan, they had uh, Thor was there. Uh, they they had a whole bunch of other Marvel stars. They had just a huge, huge, huge lineup. A uh, little con war there, I think, actually. Uh, but um, they're trying to to win the nerd celebrity. Well, I think, but you know, let's just say Reed Pop and. Wizard yeah. and yeah, old yeah, times. Right. It's, yeah. it's definitely days. Go, there's definitely a bit of con wars there's going some, on. There's some comp- con petition. Mm. But uh, anyway, <laughs> there was, uh, you know, when I came home from Awesome Con, I was checking the internet as I do when I get home. And I saw these stories about, uh, like, a fan. Now, this, a fan trying to kiss Chris Evans at his. At her photo op, and and because he has anxiety issues, which he's talked about, like, but but you know, not like I can't leave the house. It's more like yeah, I yeah. don't like going to premieres because there's a lot of people there. Right. You know, mild and there anxiety. There have been some incidents. And, yes, you know, yes, and they, mild, they all want a piece of me. Yeah, they all. Want a, yeah, sure. Well, who wouldn't? You know. <laughs> yeah, right. But uh, but and now the, for real, I don't I forget if we talked about this in the podcast. I'm sure Kate will remember. But you know, there were real incidents where a fan tried to bite their um. Norman Reedus, okay, oh, and and there was another incident where a fan tried to bite Michael Rooker at these photo ops. I mean, this now, isn't funny. Got, pardon, it is not funny. Pardon and they, my chuckles. So they got you know. So these things actually have happened. So when this fans story, can be inappropriate, it's they, been known to happen. Absolutely. Yeah. And so when this whole story about about Chris Evans came out, 
uh, you know, of course, everybody ran with it on the internet. And then it, the story grew to that. He was so upset. And, you know, Bucky and Thor had to talk him into coming <laughs> I, back. I, I sort of liked that. And, yeah, and then he was, he was shaking <laughs> and pale and all this sort of we stuff. We got your back, cat. And, 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 you know, like think pieces were written, hot takes think pieces were written. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, what I had heard and what I had actually believed as someone who spends a lot of time on the internet and is good at, you know, weeding out what is and is not real mm-hmm. – what the general consensus was, was that, yeah, yeah, inappropriate fan, but the anxiety thing was totally made up. Right. I mean, he has anxiety, but this incident was made up. Uh, but it turns out that even the attempted fan kiss never happened. Right. Well, yet you know, so Chris, that very night, he tweeted at 3 a.m., where did these stories come, where did these stories from Wizard World start? Definitely not true. There was no kissing, no panic, all news to me, the weekend was great. And I've talked to some people who were there who were guests. They say they never heard anything about this. Um, you know, it doesn't surprise me because it's like you said, Kate. I mean, it's it's a kind of an irresistible story, <laughs> you know. And now what did actually happen at weekend is two, uh, two uh, individuals, I believe uh, female identified, but don't hold me to that, who were dressed as Cap and Bucky, did their photo op with Chris Evans and Sebastian Stan and kissed. <laughs> and, and so which rule as, 63 cosplay yes 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 what's rule 63 uh if it exists someone has gender swapped it well yes <laughs> but also i mean stucky man stucky. well yes of course then there's that as well it is <clears throat> it is dear listeners if you haven't heard of this uh rather awful portmanteau for a, a understandable couple it is the fans who who really think that you know given as the creators of these movies have said, it is a love story. Maybe it really is a love story. Yeah, there yeah, you go. Yeah. Well, who wouldn't love Chris Evans and Sebastian Stan? They're very lovable. Um, you know, this I, This goes back to, I mean, to me, this, there's some sort of grand unified theory or of, of, you know, fan entitlement and how this well, all I fits in like with it. I feel like kissing but... in costume next to the actors is oh, that's like your awesome. own yeah, I think that's Oh, great. that's yeah. awesome. Everybody loved that. Everybody thought that was cool and obviously yeah. the actors were really cool with it. And they know. Yeah. They know about Stucky. I mean, and you no know, they, they have Google. Yes. yes. Can I can, can I speak up really quickly for no. uh, the Nerd Levity autograph and paying yes. for this and all And this is just actually to um, kind of highlight uh, Paul Jenkins, the comics writer, who was actually signing at the aftershocks table, sure. and I would happen to, I happened to be standing by because I wanted to get a picture of him to, just to put up on the uh, Comics World um, mm-hmm. Facebook page. And uh, so he was signing books, and and I noticed one of the fans said, "So you know, how much do does it cost me?" And he said, "It doesn't cost you anything." And he sort of said, "I don't do that." Mm-hmm. And so just a shout out. Yeah, to there well. are some creators who who charge you, and there are some creators yeah. who don't. I've noticed this this division at mm-hmm. Comic Cons. Yes. Um and and in between is the you have to buy the book from me people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean yeah. I think that people who are going to cons to supplement their income have a right to they uh, yes. do sign right. books that yeah. they sell just like at yes. a bookstore. Yes. And right. believe me, this Poros also do this all the time. They won't sign unless you get a book yeah. that right. you bought I mean, a book but, at a store. But what I'm saying and, is some don't even do that. Yeah. Some who shall remain nameless at this time, uh, do in fact charge you like 10 bucks to get it autographed. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah that's starting. That, yeah. Now, this is a kind of a new phenomenon. This is developing more. There's a lot of things that are that are developing yeah. as conventions that are, you know, become so numerous and uh, popular. Just throw in one thing. 
uh, I got to also, I was there for all three days on Friday. I the only nerd liberty who was there was uh, John Barrowman, who uh, I know he was on Doctor Who, right? And yes, he, he was on Doctor Who. He's on Green. He's on sorry, not Green Arrow. Arrow. Oh, he's on stairs. Arrow. Okay, right. And uh, he was the star of Torchwood. Oh, of course, Torchwood. Yes. So, uh, so even I know who this guy is. So there was like a sort of Kate had to tell mm-hmm. me, but uh, there was a huge line for him. I do know he's very very popular at conventions. So there was a huge line lined up. He's very fan friendly for the yes. And then as I I was just you know walking around, and then all of a sudden I hear clapping and cheering and everything. And he had come to kind of walk by the line and kind of greet them. And and oh. I didn't stick around to hear the whole thing, but he kind of did this little talk where he you know was prepping them. He says you know I don't. You know, with hugs, you need to kind of, you know, I, I'm, oh, he says, just be careful with the hugs. And, you know, I understand, but don't get carried away. You know, he was just really, yeah, he was, sort of prepping he them was prepping them <laughs> yeah. and relating to them yeah, but, and being really, But in really, the best possible in way. In the yeah. best possible yeah, yeah. way. Yeah, yeah. Cool Very quickly, doing. I only spent one day at Awesome Con, and I really had a great time yeah. uh, because it's, there's a lot of people there, but it's really easy to get around. Um, yeah, I won't say the food was so great, but you know, you know, but it was around. Uh, um, I did a couple of interviews. Uh, mm-hmm. and in fact, you can get them on this show. Uh, last week we had Evan Keeling, a great guy who's one of the founders of DC Conspiracy. Um, the com- the DC Comics Collective mm-hmm. had a great pro- program of using many comics to teach high school kids about the Japanese-American uh, internment camps. And furthermore, a lot of these mini-comics were created by high they school were, students. Yeah, some of them were created by high school. Some of them were created by Evan. Uh, one of the students, Eva McIntyre, was there at the table. And I, it, they, I thought the comics were delightful, and it's a fabulous project. And he's using it in other ways to teach. Uh, Andrew Andrew Iden, uh, the co-writer of John Lewis's you know, acclaimed Civil Rights Memoir March, he Which was there. Volume three is coming out soon, yeah, and that's what we—that's what we. You can get this on a on another interview, but that's what he was talking about finishing it, it finishing up the the third volume, um, and becoming a bit of a full time comics writer. I mean, he's doing a, what was he doing? He was on a X-Files. panel. Yeah, X Files. So I, I was on the X Files panel. X Files. Yeah. While still being um, congressional aide. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I talked with. Uh, I stopped by the aftershock um, booth. I don't know a lot about them, but uh, chatted with Paul Jenkins. Uh, he was signing replica mm-hmm. his comics, but I came away with two comics that I was really interested. In Dreaming Eagles, which is based on the Tuskegee Airmen, oh, the black yes, yes, pilots course. of World War II, um, uh, and Super Zero, a, um, a funny um, book by um, Amanda Bambia Connor. And Amanda and, uh, Connor. Yes, yeah, yeah, that um, book was, I've seen that one. That and and actually, Jenkins' book is is really kind of a, a comedy adventure sci-fi about a kind of a, a you know well, a lethal have... twosome with an alien. <laughs> lethal two with an alien. They have a lot of projects yeah. coming out. I think they probably haven't got as much attention as they should. Yeah, so yeah. I mean, some of these books look really good. Yeah. You know, and have top creators. Yeah, you know, I, I just, yeah, Awesome Con definitely to me has all of the uh, trappings of what could be a, a you know pretty fun stop on the con yeah. circuit. Uh, you know, obviously the people who own it uh, hope that it will. It's in an area where there aren't a lot of big cons. I mean, it's close mm-hmm. to Baltimore and SPX, but those are, I think, very they're, good. They're yeah. the fall. Uh, what makes it mm-hmm. interesting is that there are a lot, a lot of fan conventions and science fiction conventions in the D.C. Baltimore area, but not a lot of comic coverage. Mm-hmm, that's right. So yeah. six, the fact that they can sustain like three major science fiction conventions in that area per year says that there is a yeah. nerd market. There's a lot yeah. of very literate people in yeah. the D.C. area. Oh, well, yes, without you know? a doubt. And they who have a lot of disposable income, so it yeah. could be a good show. Now, and as Andrew was telling me, the you know the, the comic book nerds are, are even coming out of the woods in Congress since March came wow. out. Wow. 
I mean, they, they're coming up to him. In fact, he said a conservative congressman, which he did not want to name, mm-hmm. um, came up to him and said, you know, would you be interested in helping me do a com- <laughs> book about my, like, conservative hero? And uh, Andrew just said, I just found a way to get away from that guy as fast as I could. <laughs> well, um, you know, we've been ta- we should move on, but I just want to point out very, very quickly uh, that the- last week, as we as the crow flies, as we record this, it was Phoenix Comic Con. Uh, no, excuse me. This is the same weekend as AwesomeCon. And they just announced their attendance figures. And they did this whole long thing where they talked about the difference between turnstile, which is just, you know, how many people enter per day and how many actual tickets sold. And in terms of actual tickets sold, they had 106,000 people there. Uh, in terms of turnstile, it was more like 236,000 people. So well, I guess people who bought two-day passes yeah, right. and then got Well, that's how, twice. yeah. Now, yeah. And they pointed out that a lot of conventions use these you know usually when you ask for the attendance was they give you turnstile okay and uh-huh. i mean i've written quite a bit about about the mm-hmm. difference you know san diego one hundred thirty thousand. that is way low they don't ever revise it upwards that does not include booth per- personnel professionals media uh-huh. because they don't want the fire marshal to go yeah. oh no you know new york comic-con also is uh, 167,000. so that's one ticket sold anyway my point is these are getting bigger and bigger yeah it, it's amazing. all across the nation all across Absolutely. the world. Absolutely. And very quickly, one other thing, and, I, and I'll, I'll get off of Austin Con. Uh, the fabulous Carla Speed McNeil was there also. And she oh, had yeah. she had advanced copies of, of uh, was it No Mercy? Mm-hmm. Number yes. two, the yes. the incredibly engrossing comic mm-hmm. that she's doing with Alex DeCampi. Exactly. So check it out. Yeah. No, there was there was it was a good show. I yes. really enjoyed it. Yes, I yes. hope to go back next year. Yes, yes, so. yes. So uh, where are we? Oh, so segue to first second. Uh, yes. No, wait. no. Well, we were going to talk about Oh, no. You know what? Because I wanted to mention BookCon. Let's talk. Yeah. Let's just. Well, you know what? Are we getting, how much time are we? I don't know. There's we a lot to, are at 40 minutes. Well, so let's quickly. We've got a little time. Yes. Let's get 20 minutes. You know we what? There's, there's, you might think that we're done talking about conventions, but we're not. No. There's so much more. Now, I, you know, we can talk about this more in depth at another time. But one thing I was talking to people at, uh, at AwesomeCon about, and then it's just been all over the internet is the crappy print vendors. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. We can't forget this. Yeah, the yes. crappy print yeah, vendors. Yeah, this is certainly an issue. And so there's, but there's a lot it's of several issues. issues. There's several issues intertwined. But, you know, basically, uh, the artist Buzz, who I know, and, you know, he's a he's quite a boldly, bold and plain-spoken fella. Uh, he got mad because there are, I didn't see them at AwesomeCon, but there are at other shows, these people, these people... And they just have uh, Xeroxes of artwork they've ripped off from uh, actual artists. They pass it off as their own. They sell these crappy yeah. prints for like, you know. It's like a cannabis. piracy issue. It is a piracy issue. Yeah. And so Buzz got mad and had the convention, you know, drag out this one guy. But they're everywhere. And they make a lot of money. Yeah. I mean, I've been talking. They make like $2,000, $5,000 a weekend at these shows. So, of course, why would they stop doing it? Yeah. You know? But there's, but then there was another piece by an IP lawyer who was pointing out, you know, you think that's fair use? It isn't. No. Yeah. It's, no, it's not. It can't be fair use. It First can't of all, be. there's an economic. There's a whole range of tests you use for fair use. But one of the most basic ones is is it undermining the market for the actual IP? Right. And certainly, if people are going to buy ripoffs. They're not necessarily going to be buying real prints from the real artists. Right. So it's absolutely. And there's other tests that you use for fair, bo- fair use as well. Yeah. So on one end of the scale, we have the definite obvious ripoff where 
person A draws a piece of artwork. Person B puts it through Photoshop and adds a few splatters here and there. And it's like, this is my artwork Yeah, now. they call it splatters because they literally add splatters. Yeah. Yes. Uh, otherwise known as Lichtensteining. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but you know it's true, listeners. You know it's true. Um, and then... And then you get into the grayer areas. Mm. For example, people who also do wall of prints, which many people are like, oh, this is crappy, this is terrible. But who are frequently young, new artists who, who you know, maybe not all of their art is good. And so they draw one or two really good pictures they work really hard on, and then they make prints of it. And, you know, some of these characters that they're doing art of are, you know, owned by major corporations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's Poison Ivy or whatever. Um, and generally speaking, these major corporations really don't care about the person selling their deviant art drawing of a Game of Thrones character uh, for $15 at Comic-Con. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they too have the wall of prints and they too get a certain amount of from the mm. full professionals who are like, ah, oh, this isn't a real artist. They're sure. lowering the tone. Right, right. I mean, but it's it's it starts young. I mean, I was at SVA, had their show uh, for Fresh Meat for their seniors, and there was actually a couple of the students who already had the beginnings of a wall of prints. <laughs> well, of course and they, go they to, are. And they go to manga and animation. Yes, of course, because yeah. it's like, this is really lucrative. And I'm like... Well, it's not just that. It's it's normalized. Yes. You see it at every yes. con. And furthermore, a lot of people, a lot of them, it's fan art. You yeah. know, they have their deviant art. They know perfect... I mean, pretty much everyone who's big in comics these days also got noticed because they drew characters yeah. that everybody knew. It's a tradition. Um, Aren't there established, you know, mainstream superhero artists who do other people's who are characters that they aren't necessarily working on or yes, anything? They, all the time. They, they sell prints too. I mean, it's a tricky question. Uh, um, I feel like who we, you stop and who you don't stop. Yeah. Well, I almost feel like we can leave that if it's art you drew yourself. Leave that up to the IP owners to decide well, what they want. Wh- what I hear is that uh, you know their blind eye has definitely been turned. You know, Marvel has, which is owned by Disney, has definitely been. Uh, very quietly beginning to press in on some of the smaller aspects of this, okay? And people who work for Marvel are allowed to have prints, but they're through the Marvel print program, and they literally have to pay Marvel for the prints, which, you know, sounds pretty much a ripoff to me. But but anyway, you know what? Maybe that's how Disney has to do it, to keep it on the up and up. So, uh, you know, this is... Uh, it's like a wholesale arrangement. You, yeah, can, you get it, a, you get a discounted yes, price, and then you yes, can resell. Yes, mm-hmm. but uh, and you know they have a license. Yeah, it's right. Basically, right, a licensing agreement right, right, to do it. Right. Uh, so that's starting with Marvel. You know, DC has not done anything because they don't want to be bad guys. You know, the first, you know, the first time DC or Valiant or Brian K. Vaughn or whoever goes and says you're ripping me off, even if they're a hundred percent legally, ethically, and morally in the right. There's going to be mad. a lot of controversy because, about it. Because be it, it, it is the current culture of cons that, you know, that this is what one, yes, one does. Yes. And I think if they stomp on it, the place they'll start is on the things that people feel less sentimental about. Like the t-shirts. Right. So many major t-shirt companies on the internet oh, yeah. are selling t-shirts of other people's ips and not even a transformative reference but like yeah. plain old that's phasma on your shirt it says phasma under her face 
I don't know what you think you're doing. Right. Um, so I think that stuff will get booted first. You know, you know I've got to tell you an old timer story. But when I was uh, lived in L.A. many, many years ago, uh, I had friends who worked at all the studios. And uh, when Jurassic Park came out, for some reason, because, you know, I forget what the connection was. But anyway, the people at The Simpsons drew a shirt that said Jurassic Park. And they made the outline of Bart Simpson in the Jurassic Park logo, and they gave everybody T-shirts. So I, I went to my friend, and I said, I really want one of those T-shirts, so I still have it. You know, and believe me, whenever I wore this T-shirt, it was like, you know, Moses had just appeared. It's like, where did you get that T-shirt, you know? And now, I, you know, that was like, people make 8,000 of those a day well, now. I'm that way with Calvin and... Calvin and Hobbes t-shirts. Yeah, and none of those is licensed. Of course. Not of course. a single one yeah. of them. And they're everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> well, but on the other hand, there are no licensed ones. So. Yeah. Right. So, so if it exists, it's uh, illegal. Yeah. Well, you know, this is a huge, like, like the, a, a movement called Occupy Artist Alley started among comics pros where they were just trying to point out that they did not want their friends or themselves to be ripped off by, by people doing a Rob Granito and taking their art Yeah, and you know what? There's These people are shady. You know, some of these print people are shady. There is absolutely no question about it. And, you know, I've started quietly talking to some people in Artist Alley and, and, uh, you know, there's a lot of denial out there. Let's put it that way. Well, yeah, yeah, I mean, some of them are shady and, and some of them are up-and-coming artists just doing what one does at this time in con culture. So, you know... Maybe, I mean, are they within their rights to change that culture? Sure, if they want to. Um, but, you know, I think we can't ex- immediately have expectations of bad faith. From no, all of them. no, 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 not yeah. at all. But you know what? But they're the, definitely repressed. This is all tied together. The money that people spend on photo ops with Doctor Who. The money that people charge for autographs on their comics. The money that people charge for their ripoff prints at Artist Alley. <laughs> this is all part of the con, con economy. Yeah. The economy. Yes. And it's all tied together. Yeah. 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 Well, another part of the uh, con economy is uh, the growth of book con. Oh. Um, read, read Pops. Um, basically, literary fan fest, a uh, a book festival, basically shaped like a con. Oh. Uh, as we all know, it's it's actually generally it's an appendage to Book Expo America, the book publishing trade show, and usually happens right, right. after There's it. Been, it's been held only it's been a held, few times, but yes, I think it's BEA, been correct? three or four. The yeah. first two were in New York. Uh, since BEA went on the road this year to Chicago, it was held for one day in Chicago. It's used, um, yes, it was one day. It was two days last year. It was one day in Chicago. Uh, it will continue to be a dedicated standalone event immediately following Book Expo again in 2017. However, in the fall this year, there will be a special edition of BookCon that's part of New York Comic Con. Oh, yeah. Uh, and your admission, and this is going to be an interesting issue too. Uh, admission is will be with your New York Comic Con consumer badge. Right. Uh, it you can It's not a separate thing. Now, one of the things what BookCon has done is 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 shown that there's an enormous audience, particularly among teen girls. Mm, interesting. Uh, I mean, thousands of them who will do anything to get into a book reading convention. Yes. Yeah, there's some boys too, but girls are driving this thing. Sure, girls Make love to read. No well, mistakes you know, about it. Th- throughout, if you look at the market, like no matter what age group you're looking at, if you want to know where most of the books are being sold, they're being sold to people of the female persuasion. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, I mean, there's a, was a whole lot girls of talk about read. what 
Disney, one reason Disney wanting Marvel is to sort of get some boys into the party. Exactly. You know? <laughs> uh, so BookCon has turned into a revelation. Plus, what it's also done, at least it serves of done to um, Book Expo, it's relieved the pressure. Uh, the the uh, trade book publishers are a little worried about dealing with consumers. Uh, they were afraid Book Expo was being transformed into a consumer show. Right. Uh <laughs> BookCon kind of has taken care of that. But on the other hand, though, it's exploded in popularity. Uh, so it's a real marketing, you know, it has some real marketing clout for Reed. Right. Uh, it continues Reed's uh, move into the consumer market, which it did not do at all before New York Comic Con. Right. Now, this this new version of BookCon that's going to be at New York Comic Con is going to be interesting because uh, it, initially, I think we all thought that it was going to be an exhibition venue, right. that there would be boosts. That's not the case. It is strictly a programming, paneling, mm -hmm. meet the author, autograph. It's going to be held in a, an event space very close to the Javits Center. It's part of their ongoing strategy to move some events, much like San Diego, right. to move some events off, out, rather, out of the Javits Convention Center. Thank God. Uh, and, and obviously, to get some traffic off the floor, too. Uh, now, I think... Some of the issues that are going to come in the line here is it's supposed to only be for book content. Now, mm -hmm. comics artists, graphic novel artists have always been a big part of BookCon's programming. Mm -hmm. Raina Telgemeier, right. um, and on and on and on, uh, Ben Hatke, mm -hmm. um, but comics people who tend to, tend to work for book publishers. In my discussions with Lance Finsterman, the the uh, well, the, the the runner of Read Pop and and overseer mm -hmm. of all things pop culture at, at Reed Exhibitions. This is going to be purely programming. Exhibitors Boost will continue to be in the Javits Center, and the BookCon will be book-related content. What he didn't respond to was, what about comics people who publish original graphic novels? What about Vertigo or Gilbert Hernandez? Well, I or, think they'll just be bundled in as comics people with all the other comic stuff. Yeah, but I wonder, I mean, I wonder if the publishers themselves we'll are going to stand, stand Because this is a, I mean, this BookCon has turned into a real marketing platform. I mean, people turn out for it. Now, but whether it will have the same kind of attraction at New York Comic Con is going to be interesting to see because it's not a separate admission well look you know and it's tough yeah. to get a ticket yeah. to well, new york comic yeah. con but you know look let me tell you okay uh i think we said this before when calva when you did your your report on bea okay hmm. like uh for the past few years bea has been three days and this year book con was one day because it was in chicago it yeah. was a success next year bea is going to be two days yep. and book con is going to be two days. two days now as you and i both know the evolution of trade shows like BEA is going the way of Hastings, okay? Yep. It's like this is not a model that aside from a couple of old CEOs at a couple of very old <laughs> New York publishers, you know, this model is not useful for anyone, really, you well. know? And, and, and Meanwhile, I, fans are beating down the door. Exactly. And, you know, I have heard, I wish I had a quarter for every time I've talked to someone younger in, or older and visionary in the traditional book publishing world where they said I wish you could have the kind of excitement that they get at Comic Con okay and we've done Calvin how many stories have we done about traditional oh, yeah. bookstores publishers who go to San Diego and New York sure. and C2E2 and all of this okay so you know wake up and smell the coffee I mean this <laughs> well, little book con uh, is the beginning yeah. it was 18,000 fans the last one in New York yes and I think there was like 8,000 in Chicago which was yeah, first I think it was time seven or eight in Chicago. Yeah. it was first time there a really great turnout. <clears throat> mm -hmm. 
Uh, but you know, Reed Pop, mark my words, Reed Pop is going to take BookCon on the road. Oh, absolutely, and it's going to be a thing. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> so, so keep your eye on it. Uh, just very interesting uh, developments. Once again, it remains a standalone event, mm-hmm. two day event that will be take place in June 2017. But I think, as you say, it's going to show up at other oh, read yeah. pop events. Who knows? Maybe even overseas, since there's so many overseas. Yes, right. Yes. And then there will also be the one going on during con at the con. Yes. Yes. No. And, and this year there'll be uh, it'll be you know. So let's just re- a, reiterate: there'll be two book cons yes. in a twelve month period yeah. in New York, at least two. Yes. So. Yes. 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 Well, one is aimed at the comic con market, yes. and it, one is aimed at the book. It will con be interesting market. to see if the increasingly media-oriented fan base that goes to New York Comic Con and the other mega cons if there's a significant book reading oh, yeah. component that just wants to go off-site and hang around and, well, and, and you, in another event space blocks lines? away. Have you seen the book signing lines at New York Comic Con? Oh yeah, Comic-Con? I know. They're huge. They're huge. But I mean, like once again, they're, they're usually in the Javits Center. But now you got to leave. Yeah. yeah. Well, we'll see. But you my, my it, you know. guess is that they're doing this one, because they have BookCon other places, but two, because as Heidi was saying about the YA market, that some of these YA authors are like rock stars. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And, Absolutely. And, you know, they've got massive crowds, yeah. and so they're going to try to get those massive crowds out somewhere else sure. off site. Sure. And, girl, and, and believe me, and girls that are, uh, you know, that want their, that are into their TV and pop culture TV stuff, that doesn't mean they don't read all of these same authors. Of course. Yeah. Of course they do. Absolutely not. Yeah. Well, guess what? The con, the economy continues. Yeah. Okay. Now, the briefs. Uh, Don't know much about it, but uh, this Saturday, June 18th, Teen Comic Con at New York Public Library. Um, We don't know much about it, but it looks very good. Teens Uh, like comics. Yes. They like cons. uh, They like libraries. Sarah Varon is going to be here. The Kirby Museum is going to be there. Um, Check it out. Um, I think the exhibitors include uh, Nick Pertozzi, Nick Dawson. Um, Check it out. New York Public Library. Sherlock, the popular BBC series. Uh, as some of you hardcore Sherlock fans may know, has been tr- translated into a Japanese manga version of the first episode. Well, now the manga translation is being translated back <laughs> by Titan Books, and issue one, an, an oversized uh, 80 page giant Sherlock manga study in pink issue one is at a comic store near you right now, readers. Wonder Woman's 75th anniversary is coming up um, in October, and DC has announced that they are going to go all out in the celebration. There will be new graphic novels, graphic novel collection, um, more Wonder Woman limited series going on right now than normally would, and uh, Wonder Woman goodies of all kinds, and they have announced there will be a model invisible jet. At San Diego Comic Con, which which has led to some discussion over whether this will be made out of clear plastic or whether, a la Emperor's New Clothes, there will simply be a part of the floor cordoned off with the words "Invisible Jack." I have a feeling that we might learn something about that. Uh, You know, hey, I this wasn't on our schedule. I'm throwing it in really fast. Please, Uh, if you're listening to this, it's been a pretty horrible week here in America for a lot of things. For uh 
a lot. Anyway, I just, you know, check it out on Twitter. There is a hashtag that is called hashtag queer self love. And it's a lot of people, uh, many people in comics are posting about themselves, about their work. It's really awesome. It will yes, make, I've been retweeting it. It will make the... you cry. It's, yeah. it's just, you know, it's it, there are all these horrible things that happen. This is a really great way yeah. uh, to learn about a lot of fabulous people. And, yeah, absolutely. And uh, hopefully be an ally. So, uh, yeah, check it out. Queer Self Love on Twitter. Yes. And our favorite charity bundling organization, Humble Bundle, is having a very special bundle for Pride Month where uh, it includes not only a Lonely Planet's Guide to Pride in 20 different cities across the world, but also such gay interest comics as gay interest comics that we have discussed on this very program, such as Spike Trotman's anthology Smart Peddler, Moto Hagio's The Heart of Thomas, and the Japanese gay comic collection Massive. All yours for very reasonable name your own price to benefit charity and this year's russ manning award nominees have been announced and heidi can you tell our listeners a little bit about the russ manning Awards? oh well it's an award that's given out as part uh, of san diego by the uh san diego comics club uh to five of the most promising newcomers uh five people are nominated it's been going on for a while some of the people have won include dave stevens steve yeah. rude jam dersima uh, uh, but it, I think it's stars. three of the uh, five yeah. are women. Yes, but three of the five this yeah. year are women. Uh, so, uh, which certainly backs up what we've been noticing. Yes. Uh, that there's an awful lot of women doing an awful yes. lot of good comics. Yes. Huzzah. Yes. And that's it for this week. Well, boy, there was a lot to talk about. But you know what? Even with all that, I know that there's going to be... More. To come. And listeners... Next week is our fifth anniversary. So stay tuned for special coverage. <laughs> That's right. Well, yeah. well, there'll be even more to come. Believe me. Yeah. After these five years of us, you know, blabbering online. So, see you soon. <laughs>